the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Let me see the clock here. Four minutes after the hour of clock, we got another hour of car talk. You're welcome to join us, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I don't want to leave them with the perception that we were talking about customers we didn't want. Those represent one or two percentage of the people that walk in the door, and mm-hmm. sometimes we just give them a high estimate to just kind of say sayonara. But the flip side of the coin is, I'm going to speak for me. of the people that have been doing business with me for 39 years, I love them. I love them. The other day, this this lady named Kay came in, and she has a three-digit customer number, and we're at 38,000. She's been around a few, you know, she's been around a little while. And um, I don't remember what the heck it was, but she needed an alignment, and she had declined that. So Andy, my daughter, went outside and said to the tech, do the alignment. She just called, which was a lie. So then when Andy got the ticket, she gave the tech credit, but she, she has the alignment on there, and then she cancels it off with a credit down at the bottom in the payment area. So Kay picks up her car, and then she calls back to Andy a day later or something like that, and she says, I don't understand. There's a debit and a credit. And Andy says, well, we gave that to you because you've been a customer of ours since 1992. And uh, so she, she was very grateful for that. But I have a lot of those. I have a lot of those customers that have been around. We're serving three generations now. We got grandpa, we mm-hmm. got son, and now we got grandson. So I didn't want to leave anybody with the perception that we're kicking out half the customers that come in the door. But I am going to admit that at least my shop, if there, we've heard the front counter conversation a lot. We know what it sounds like. So there's times we're going to just separate ourselves from the relationship it's just one of those things where you just know this isn't going to turn out good and there's somebody out there that can help you we had a guy with a bmw he wanted us to put a motor in it i was honored by that but we weren't the right guys and i wanted to send him to a bmw shop that's a mile away from me that i've known for 20 years and i said they're going to be better than us no i want you to do it they're better for you than we are they're everything's better go there Tough time. Well, and I use the the term at the front counter, or I say this, I'm not going to educate my guys with your money. We don't work on BMWs every day. We don't work on Mercedes every day. We have a shop that does that. We send work to them just like you do for 20 years. Mm -hmm. They do a great job. When I've said that, and and I'm blessed by doing this, Mm -hmm. they'll say, you know what? I really like hearing that we have, you know, whatever that you can work on and we'll be happy to come back or you know that kind of thing i'm doing what's in your best interest i could take your money or like you say we're going to train our techs with your money they're going to it's by guess or by golly 
take it to somebody else. We are a podiatrist. You've got an ear infection. I'm sending you to the eye, ears, nose guy. I'm mm-hmm. just tending you somebody else. Oil changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's go to Gary. Gary, thank you for holding. How can we help you today? Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, uh, 364 V8 uh, nail head, uh, 1959 uh, Buick. I did the heads on it. Uh, the factory spec for the compression is a 185. Now, with the, with the new heads and the nut, I didn't touch the bottom end. It's uh, like 100 to 140. So is the bottom end making that much difference? Well, After you put the heads on, this happened? After yeah. you had the heads Well, redone? no, it was before. The, well, before the heads, it was still like 100 to 140. I mean, it, like it didn't make much difference with the new, with the redone head. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You you, you had a motor. When, when did it have 160 or whatever that bigger number was that you had? That's the factory spec on the factory manual is 185. I've I've never seen that. I've I, never. I've seen those kind of numbers before from the factory on a, on a nail head and some of the earlier ones. Yeah. Cranking compression. Yeah. Okay. So when yeah. it, I mean the question is is how does it idle? Oh, it runs fine. Okay. Yeah, it idles fine. If, if you have the power, I don't think it should have. Okay. Um, what what do we have anything else with 185, 180 pounds of compression? Okay. Uh, let me ask you something. Gary, is the reason you put the heads on because you thought the compression was low and now it should come up to the 180 figure from the 100 to 140? That and uh, I wanted to do unleaded uh, seats. Yeah, put some seats and guides in it. Okay, the the valves and the cylinder heads that you took off of it before you had the valve job done or replaced the cylinder heads probably were just fine. You're losing some compression if you haven't changed anything through the rings, provided that that motor had that compression originally. Now, and then when I say originally, was there work done on the car if you haven't owned it since it was new that would have put another piston in it that would have lowered the compression ratio on it, which a lot of times we did back in you know the, the late 70s because of detonation in the cylinder. But if he, uh, if, so he, anyway, but if he wet the rings with oil, his compression you're should know, come up. Yeah, you could squirt some oil in the cylinder, do a, comp- do a compression test on it, because the oil around the piston in the cylinder well acts like a seal, and you're going to know right then. If you're passing through the rings. Exactly. But if he's passing through the rings, I mean, if, if we're losing 60 pounds of compression, he, sh- he should have blue smoke coming out of the back of that thing if the rings are making that difference. No, I, I don't have any blue smoke. Okay. That's what I'm saying. We're we're kind of discussing this amongst ourselves. We're arguing right now. I have seen both directions. I've seen compression and blue smoke, okay. and I've seen no compression and, and blow no by blue, and blow by. Right. Okay. 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 So I mean, you get there's a common there's you can get one or, or one or the other or both. I agree with that. I agree with that. If you got blow by, then we're sending pressure into the crankcase and we're causing oil leaks and breather on the oil stuff like that's leaking oil but if the rings are just passing once we put oil in them then that's going to tell us if we can get the compression it's called a wet compression test so that that's something you should do now let me ask you a question when you're doing this uh, compression test yourself where's the throttle at idle or wide open um i just crank the engine uh you know i just crank the engine a few times Okay, well, it a, a, the proper compression way to do it, and Tom will correct me, but he's always wrong anyway, is, is to hold the foot to the floor and crank it for the same amount of time. So most of us old guys, we listen to the crank and it goes, ra da da ra da da ra da da So it's four. 
So we're going to crank all of them the same. So we're going to do our best to make sure the time frame is all the same. Now, you want to argue with that or tell me I'm all wet or I'm going to turn off five times. (laughs) (laughs) So I can get my... But One you would crank in there. So but you could you agree with that? Yes, we, we have, have the, the throttle ear. open. Yeah, throttle wide open, and and just crank it the same. But it's not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. That long of a time, a second or two seconds. Just so, count five times or four. You know, whatever the number is, just keep it the same. Yeah, just that's it. We just want to do it with the same, and that will help us out. It, he'd have to burn super in that thing, right? He'd have to have an high octane gas if he was running one sixty, one eighty five. Yeah, yeah, it would detonate. He 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 couldn't control that. He Ping. no matter how yeah, no matter how much he backed the timing off, he couldn't control that. Well, you, you could if it were zero or two or three degrees. But okay. the, but it, what would happen is is that the timing would be so far retarded that that, that who knows what, what kind of fire it's building in the cylinder at that point. <laughs> well, not only that is is when you start retarding the timing, um, the thing has no power whatsoever, mm-hmm. and and you have all these other things with vacuum and stuff like that. That of course that motor doesn't really have a vacuum modulator or anything like that on it. Anyway, oh, no, that. No. It, but Gary, I I think you're on the right track. But if you run a wet dry compression test, and if you just change your con- compression testing protocol a little bit, I think you'll get better figures. Oh, great. Well, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Well, thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. That's right in our wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love these. Yeah. The old cars. Okay. We've got another caller. Who might that be, Gil? That would be Mike. Mike, good morning. Hi. Hey, um, I've got a motorhome. It's a a 2000 Ford C-Class. It has a V10 in it. And uh, the chassis is a 99, I guess, according to the title. So I hook up the scan tool to it. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't come on at all when I hook up the scan tool. And I wanted to put a, you know, put a chip in it where you plug it into the connector. And uh, I'm afraid it won't work because I don't think there's any power there. Is that normal or is there something wrong with it? There's a procedure if you can't get any data out of the uh, data link. So, yeah, power and ground. And blown fuse. And uh-huh. blown fuse. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. And, and I do agree that most of the programmers are going to plug in to the assembly line data link, ALDL. But what do they call it now? Do you have an idea? What do you call it? The thing under the dash. The little <laughs> black thing. It's got a little yeah. sides on it. Okay. That thing. All right. All right. Yeah. You, you're going to have to go in there, and it's going to change the parameters. You'd be surprised if you don't get too greedy. You'd be surprised how nice and how slightly more powerful you could make that thing run, that V10. Yeah. I'm not setting the sights yeah. too high. OBD. OBD. OBD come back. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, what, what about uh, gas mileage? Now, wait a minute. You, How long is your motor home? 28 feet. So you got a 28-foot uh, tomato can <laughs> running down the road with 14 yep. cases of beer for your wife and a black water tank that's full and a gray water tank that's full and all the kids and you're towing a trailer and you're worried about fuel economy. <laughs> no, let me change your question. Your question is, Mark, how many motorhomes have you and Tom owned? A hundred. I'm exaggerating, but pretty close. Number two, what kind of fuel economy have you and Tom always had as close as you can say? And the answer, Tom? Very little. <laughs> Give me a number. Six, seven, 
I'd say eight on the high side. Yeah, I would do the same thing. I I think six on the low side and eight, maybe ten. And when you're running the generator, yeah, it's using fuel at a gallon an hour. When it's hot in the summertime or cold in the winter, yeah, you got to factor that in. You got to factor that generator. Are you running around on flatland in Texas? Are you going up and down in Arizona, Colorado? I mean, there's there's a lot of things to think about. Okay, but I can tell you, Mike, how to get two miles a gallon better right now. (laughs) Take all the junk out of the back. No, no, not at all, not at all. If next time the plate passes you by, you put an extra couple of dollars in it, but you tape a raw egg to the throttle pedal and you. Don't break the egg, and you'll get really good fuel economy. But yeah. just enjoy the motor home and just recognize that you're not paying $80 for a hotel room. So that's right, it. I understand that. So listen, so, so, uh, what, so what, what I wanted to really know is that why isn't my ALD connector working with my scan tool? It doesn't come on. There's no power will even come on when I plug it in. Well, my scan you? tool works fine on other cars. So is it, do you think it's a diffuse problem? No, it, it, there is a protocol when the OBD connector's not talking. Now, I like the fact that you said it works on other cars. That's a good thing. We right. know it's not that problem. So you just have to go in there and find out what you're missing, power and ground. That OBD connector uh-huh. has to have both. And, and Tom's saying, and I agree, there's a fuse for that. 10-amp fuse. Okay. Not, well, think- not always, but, you know, there's a, right. there's a fuse for it. I think right. I was going to check that out. Okay. I was, yeah, was going to check that out. But I, but I was I was thinking since... Since when I go in to have the emissions tested, that they don't use that connector, they put Wait. it on the uh, dyno. So no. I thought maybe it wasn't even maybe they deactivated it or something like that at the factory. No, but no, you say no. Two thousand. It's a two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand. The two thousand. It says, but it's got a ninety-nine chassis apparently. According to no, the you're not going to get. Gonna, it's going to be titled here. Uh, so what's the breakoff? Be- I'm talking to Tom. What's the breakoff between OBD <clears throat> and um, uh, dyno? 1996, I believe. Yeah, so he's he's after that. Mm-hmm. So uh, right. you still have to, yeah. If if they're going to go into your OBD connector, then they have to talk to it, or they're just going to ship you out. They so well, no, do you know how won't. to use they a 12 volt test light? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, turn on the key or start the car up. Turn on all the accessories and start with all the fuses. And 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 if one of them lights on one side and doesn't light on the other, that's how we check it. And yeah. and I'll tell you something okay. else. I'll bet you that owner's manual has got a picture of the fuse box, and I'll yeah. bet it shows which one, if we're right, which one runs the ECM. Right. Okay. So, All right. I'll look right. for that. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Good luck to you. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. 602-508-0960. How many motorhomes have you had? Oh, Five. Okay, and and, and I've uh, my first one was 1978, and we still have one. So we've we've you know, we've had one before. I enjoy the heck out of the motorhomes. There's Traveling. Nothing, yeah, there's nothing better than parking up at Munns Park or yep. or going wherever and looking out the window and having your coffee and sitting outside in the pines. And you got your bed, mm-hmm. your mat. It, put, we put our mattresses just like we had at home in the motorhome. Yep. The same towels, the same sheets. And what did you tell me the first time I bought a motorhome? Do you remember that? The best part of a motorhome is the privacy and the crapper. <laughs> <laughs> you need a, you As need opposed, a 600 horsepower fan yeah. on the roof, remember? Yep, to draw, draw in the bathroom. There's already one there. Just right. put a turbo on it. Exactly. And the uh, and the shower. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. have to have a shower that you'll use. We have to have a shower that you'll fit in. Um, the motorhome I, we have. Well, maybe you. I'm good. Yeah, okay. Well, if you sit on the, the crapper. And you got to open the door on your right knee to get to the toilet paper. 
and the door is on your left, which means in order to open up the sink door to get to the toilet paper, you got to open up the door to the hallway. Okay, remember this, because I just heard this story recently, nesting. Nest, oh, that's right, nesting, nesting. Six, Gil saying, <laughs> you guys are going way afar afield. 602-508-0960, we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works. We want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. It's late. You're driving home, and you encounter this. It's a frightening thought, but all the more reason to drive aware, especially at night. If you're driving at night, drive defensively and be aware of what's ahead of you. If you see a wrong-way driver, slow down, safely steer away, get off the roadway, and call 911. And if you see a wrong-way driver sign, take the next freeway exit. Drive aware. Get there. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read and are read too do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. Twenty-two minutes after the hour of eleven o'clock, Mark Salem and Tom Blackwell sitting here at your service, and we got some callers, so I get to take care of business first. Kurtz Automotive is at I seventeen and Bell. He's a good guy. He does gas and diesel. He has ASE Master Certified Technicians. Kurtz is a master himself, then his service manager and his technician. So between the three of them, you got a really good chance of fixing something that's been bugging the heck out of you. Kurtz has bailed me out of a of a couple of messes because I've got somebody on his side of town that can't get anybody fixed to fix her car and he does it and then of course i'm a hero and he's a hero so if you're up there anywhere near i-17 and bell kurtz is a great place to go now you got to cover nesting real quick nesting is a term we use in motorhome language go ahead mr big shot all right nesting this is for the late for for the ladies for the wives because this is going to help you out okay now when you when nesting is is when your husband goes uh, prior to going in the bathroom or he needs to know this you layer the commode with toilet paper so that that way 
when he leaves the motorhome, leaves the <laughs> leaves the, the the laboratory, that you will not have to go in and know that he was there. Are we following this? Do we it, get this? It, it it it's just layering toilet paper on across the top of the water. Right. And so when your husband goes to the bathroom, then no one has to. You, you, Mrs. Jones or Mrs. Blackwell or Mrs. Salem, do not have to go in there and, unless you. Yeah, yeah, with the brush, uh, with the brush. Well, okay, that, we're done. Put your pants back on. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric, you're up, buddy. Uh, I hope you don't want to talk about motorhomes. Go ahead. Uh, no, actually, it's uh, an old Ford nine-inch tractor, and I have a, a question about a uh, sleeve collar that goes over. So. The wheel hub that's faced inward and uh, the axle's connected to it, and I'm replacing the bearings and the oil seal on the outside. So I have to remove this sleeve collar, cut it off basically, get to the bearings, pull it out, and then replace this oil seal on the on the back side, which would be facing the outside of the wheel to keep the oil in. But my question is: is um, this sleeve collar? They say to you know get it cherry hot, red hot, and then you when you after you replace the race and the bearing and everything. And then you drop this sleeve collar super hot over this long axle down on top of the bearing. And I don't know how far you're supposed to put that sleeve collar. It may be like a Model A. I'm not sure. But I don't know if you know um, when you put sleeve collars next to a bearing, does it go tight or does it just you leave a gap so that there's some play in that hub? Or Okay. We have, have idea no idea. We ha- neither one of us have any idea what you're talking about. We've not seen okay. what you're talking about. We know what you're talking about, where the axle comes from the differential and it attaches to the outside of the wheel. So the axle turns the hub and the hub turns the, the uh, tire. So we understand all that, but this is a tractor, which we don't know if it, the application is the same as a Ford, but I don't know what the and sleeve is. Yeah, they use a. a lot of the same. Yeah, they use a lot of the same. I just... I guess the question was just, you know, in, 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 it's the same, it's, it's a, a, a wheel hub and it just, you know, the, the sleeve that holds that hub in and out. Is there usually play in most hubs? You know, well, uh, uh, no, going it, back and forth. Or? The hub should not slide. Well, but I don't know about a Model A. They didn't have a 70 mile an hour spinometer, but the, the hub should not are move working, laterally. Are we working on a Model A, an original rear end? It's it's a uh, a nine n two n but it's very similar. I know they used a lot of the same concepts and ideas and and and, and the uh, you know okay. It's a flathead right, board. Right, right. it's, yeah. it's a lot of the same. Okay, we understand. I don't know. I, okay, I'm, there's I two. Have... There's I I'm I suspect it's a bearing retainer that you're talking about. But there's when you're talking about the axle moving in and out, I don't know in that rear end if it's got shims to shim the bearing between it and the housing, because in some of the Dodges, for instance, the axle went, the axle adjustment for the for the bearing, uh, for the play in the axles and the bearing and so forth was done from one side. I don't know. And it could be a sleeve between the two bearings. I don't know where the sleeve comes in. I've never seen a sleeve in a in a in a an axle assembly like he's talking about. So I guess the answer is we don't know. We just no. flat don't know the answer. Caroline, you're next. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. Hi. I called you uh, several months ago about my 2000 Ford F-150 pickup truck. Uh-huh. And I'm going to sound exactly like you just sounded uh, when you are talking about Kurtz Automotive. Okay. okay. I was one of those people that had problems and couldn't find anybody to fix my truck properly. Okay. I was very frustrated. So I called you, and you suggested Kurtz Auto. 
Okay. So I went there. They found out that I had three problems. My idle was rough in hot weather, practically stalling. Um, my 4x4 only worked when it wanted to, which was hardly ever. And the air conditioner was blowing out in the defrost. Okay, stop. Stop. Okay. Stop. Yes, sir. Hey, can you fix this one over the air, Mr. Blackwell? Uh, uh, I can. Nope. I can. The air conditioning is defaulting to the, the defrost. Her four-wheel drive is vacuum-operated. I'll spot you that. And what was the third uh, one? The third complaint was the rough idle, and you, you okay. suggested to me it was, you know, it was, it was terrible, and okay. but only when it was hot, not in the wintertime. So I did take my truck to Kurtz okay. Auto, and they fixed every problem perfectly. Okay, but did they fix it with one fix or three different fixes? Well, there were three different fixes. Okay. Uh, my main vacuum feed was broken. Okay. Okay, to my air conditioner. There was okay. no vacuum supply to my controls. Right. Okay. The other problem with the, the fuel system was that it was running, the signal was normal, the airflow signal was normal, but it was very lean. Okay. Okay, so okay. they found out that um, it was only running at 25 PSI. There was a proper signal to the fuel pump, but the fuel pump wasn't working properly. So okay, so to, we had low, low, low fuel supply, and yeah. we had a vacuum leak, and between the two of those took care of all of it. Yeah, and then the last thing was the 4x4. Well, uh, the motor for the 4x4 was broken. Okay, yeah, and what it does is electronically it puts you in and out of four-wheel drive. So, no, Kurtz is a good place. And those three, and as long as you have those, those problems are gone. Now, gone. I'm going to say to Mr. Blackwell, give me an estimate for a motor on a transfer case, um, a vacuum leak fixing for the blend door, and then it was running lean. So I, I'm thinking 75 to to $100. So I oh. think that would be close. Yeah. Oh, what's, what's the matter, Caroline? No, no. I, oh, oh, you're telling somebody else something. Okay. Well, I'm asking him to give us a bid on the work that you just had done. So we're both in the 150 to $200 range for all three of those. How do you, how close are we? Well, not close. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, no, listen, we had other things done, too. Okay. We had I, the oil changed, and um, we had um, uh, an inspection, because my husband thought he had an oil leak. We had our airbag tested. We had dash lamps that were fading in and out. Um, just a bunch of other stuff. Okay. My husband's like, "Hey, you got the truck? Just you know, do all this stuff to it." You, know? you thank you for that. We were just teasing you. We were trying to get <laughs> Kurtz. If we were trying to get Kurtz to call me on my cell phone by saying that all that work was two hundred dollars, we know damn well it wasn't two hundred dollars. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but um, so, I just wanted to, to thank you, okay, profusely right. for giving me helping me get my dang truck back so I could okay. go four-wheeling in it. And I thank Kurtz. I shout out to Jeff and John okay. and the gang down there. So. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for that. And, Tom, you stay right there. We'll be right back. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. 
It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasseric paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 33 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. I want to tell you real quick about Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. He's a good guy. Nate is a really good guy. Foreign and domestic light diesel trucks, I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. They also sell diesel parts, a variety of diesel parts, 24 hours a day at their website. So he's a good guy. He's Better Business Bureau A-plus rated. He's been around for a very long time. You're not getting a guy that just opened up day before yesterday. So if you're a diesel guy and nobody else can fix your diesel and you're up north, then Strictly Diesel Service and Repair with the place I would send you. Let's go to Tom. Tom, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're um, in trouble right now, oh, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lady friend from uh, my work inherited from Grandma, Grandma's still alive, a 05 Murano with 91,000 miles on it. The problem is it's 91,000 miles and 15 years old, so we're close to the tune-up, probably front brakes, rear differential, yeah. CVT change. And the clock springs she needs because her airbag's flashing. Is it better for her to take it, get two, three thousand dollars on a trade-in, or to fix it up? I kind of think fix it up, but I wanted to get your idea. What does she want? A new car? If she trades well, it in, she don't have a lot of money. Okay. 
All right. Well, my point was the sales tax and license will pay all of this times three. So that's kind of what I was looking at. Plus the insurance, it's going to cost a lot more to insure it. But I'm not quite sure that I'm thinking that this is going to have a whole lot of problems because we've got 91,000 miles in 14 years. I don't know if that bothers me. I think Tom and I could drive that for about a week, and we could make that thing run just fine. I mean, really and truly, somebody just needs to drive it like they stole it for a little while. But I agree, spark plugs and fluids, definitely spark plugs and fluids. Can you think of anything else? uh, uh, The CVT is due, though. Okay. Check the tires. Make sure that if it's been sitting for a long time, take the tires, that kind of thing. He said the CVT. And, and yes, the constant velocity transmission, yes, uh-huh. you're going to service that. Yeah. Yes. yes. And okay. cooling system, too. So there's some fluids, spark plugs, and obviously rotate the tires uh, and check the brakes. This is just maintenance. Yeah. But it's the difference here is it's 14 years old. Right. That, and 91,000 miles, that throws it into a whole new category. Well, it's sad. Exactly. It's sad a while. Yeah, no, 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 right? She only went and got beer once a month, so that's right. all it was to it. But anyway. <laughs> no, Tom, it was her vape pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her vape pen. Okay. Uh, so what would you say, yes, no, or I, flip a coin? I would I would do the repairs and give it back okay. to her. Here's the deal. If you take the – let's pretend this is $1,000. Let's pretend okay. it is, okay? Well, you just paid $1,000 for the last 15 years of driving <laughs> That's all. Exactly. <laughs> you're just right. you're just paying for what you got, so go ahead and just do that work. I, I vote that. Okay? Okay. Thank Bye. you, Tom. Thank you very much. John, you're up next. How can I help you? Well, gentlemen, thank you, because I was going to work this morning at 2 o'clock when you guys were closing down the bar, and your show today has just been a riot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. You can't believe it. This is, Tom, say goodbye to everybody. You're never coming back. <laughs> We're having way a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. You are having a, having a blast. Okay, I've got a 998 Ford F-150, uh, 215,000 miles on it, and it really doesn't leak. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Um, and so I, what's happening is I have the um, the ding, 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 ding when you take your key out and your lights are supposed to be on or that type of deal, your uh-huh. alarm system. It just goes. I, I, my key comes out. I have nothing on, and it just continues to go. Now, one goofy thing on there is I take my key out in position, and my windows will still go up and down with my key out. Um, once I shut the door, I don't know if it sets something, my windows will you know, open and shut it. My windows will stop. But once I, again, once I open the door again with my key still out, it will still go back into the alarm okay. system. Okay, all right. You know, we all agree. What might I look at? Okay, we all agree that you need to sit in the truck and you need to slam all the doors good and tight and make sure the dome light goes off. Then go ahead and start it up. And we want you to rough house the ignition key and the ignition lock. We want you to rough house that. So we want you to lift it up and push it down and push it forward and push it back. And and then when you turn it off, we want you to rough house it in the off position. Shove the key in, pull the key out, hit it with your fist. Just rough house the ignition key. But the three of us are pointing at the ignition system, the ignition lock. It's not really the lock. It's the switch because uh-huh. the lock is where you put the key in. But that thing runs the switch, which is underneath the dash on top of the steering column most of the time. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I'm, I'm following you on that. So, so. Okay. probably not the lock, but let's try that first. Let's just roughhouse it. But at the very bottom of the steering column, you're going to find the um, ignition switch, and that's going to shut everything off. 
Okay, that's great. Right. I didn't even think of that. I okay. greatly appreciate your time. You and betcha. And enjoy the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very Have much. Have fun. Have a great day. All right. I'm going to tell one motorhome story because you already messed it up. Good break. And, in 30 and, seconds. Yeah. Right. And we're going to do it right after this break because we're going to actually break on time. So Gil is going to have a party in the studio <laughs> because he's yelling in our ears. And listen, I got 15 seconds. We're going to 14 get... seconds. I'm taking it right down to the second, okay? Gold so star. I got 10 seconds. Are Watch you ready? Three, four, five, six, seven. We'll be back, Gil. Hugh Hewitt backs the president's move in Syria. I'm with Donald Trump. He's pulling 50 soldiers back to what are defensible lines. He is not leaving Syria. He is retreating in Syria from our furthest extension. He is warning the Turks not to harass the Kurds, and we're going to see if the great gamble holds. 50 troops at the point of the spear between Turkey and the Kurds doesn't make a lot of sense. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Politicians have learned that if they don't know how to solve a problem, they declare a war on it. So now we live under countless domestic policy wars. The war on poverty, war on crime, war on drugs, war on terror, war on energy consumption, and the like. These wars spend money, increase federal executive power, but solve very little. Now comes a dangerous cry to declare a war on climate change. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calls climate change our World War II, and Senator Sanders, who proposes an even bigger Green New Deal, agrees. Scholars claim it's already a war that we're losing and ask the president to declare an emergency. All of this is code for we don't really know what needs to be done, but it needs to be big, expensive, and federal. Beware a new policy war on climate change. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for America and the world. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, 
F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. Or S. Speech difficulty. Then T. Time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number two. Set the Patriot as an alarm clock. Open the app, click in the upper right-hand corner, and select Alarm Clock. It's that easy. And now you'll wake up to the Patriot. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select Email or Talk Back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. 43 minutes after the hour, 44 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. I, I want to tell you, folks, the two advertisers I'm going to talk about this segment do not endorse our behavior for the last two hours. So Autodynamics in Sun City would not say that this is a good radio show today, but nevertheless, Autodynamics has been around since 1982. Derek's running it. His dad started it. They have good staff, they have good technicians, and they're at 99th Avenue, they're Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. So if you're in the Sun City area, I highly recommend that if you don't already have a shop you love, then try Auto Dynamics. I'm going to tell my motorhome stories real quick. <clears throat> Folks, you have a black water tank in your motorhome and a gray water tank. The gray water is sink and bathroom sink, but the black water, I don't need to explain that. So we're out in the motorhome, and there's this old-time guy says to me, have you ever cleaned out your black water tank? <clears throat> I said, no, frankly, I, have, I can't fit up the hole. <laughs> and he goes, well, what, this is what you do, son. He says, you stop at Circle K and you get two bags of ice. He says, you flush both of them down the toilet. You take a bottle of Dawn and you go... And then you just shut the lid. And then you drive down the road, and the, the ice is circling all in your black water and stuff like that. And, and the soap is going to be all sudsy. And then when you dump your black water tap, it smells like roses. So I do that. Two bags of ice. Except, I, and I went with the dawn. Okay? I'm driving down the road, and this guy pulls up next to me. Now, folks, there's a vent from the black water tank that goes straight through the wall and pops up through the hood. The vent is about eight inches above the roof. This vent is a piece of pipe that's as big as your wrist, okay? you got to follow me on this. So I'm driving down the road, and this guy pulls up next to me and waves his CB thing, and I say, yeah, what's going on? And he goes, you need to pull over. Something's really wrong with your car, your motorhome. And I said, what's that? And he goes, you got brown foam <laughs> coming out of your roof. And he goes, it's all over your motorhome. <laughs> So I pull off to the side of the road, and I'm telling you, I put way too much soap in there. And, of course, it bubbled up. The ice agitated it, and it had no place to go. So the vent pipe, of course, I was hoping for more of a white <laughs> foam. <laughs> but it was brown. And anyway, I learned an important lesson. Those of you with motorhomes, remember, two bags of ice in the toilet. You're on your way home, and you just go... That's all you do of Don. Not a half a bottle of Don. <laughs> okay, we're going to go to the phones. Joe, how can I help you? Well, I can't top that story, but uh, I have a, uh, a 53 Mercury, and I and the gas tank is leaking, and it, it appears to be on the top. My question is, uh, do places still repair those, or uh, what are my chances of finding another, maybe even a remodel right. one or built let me, a new one? Let me ask some guys here. You think that's a top fill? Is the gasket on those? 
okay. Is a gasket on the top of those? Well, I'm sure there's some sort of gasket or plug on top yeah. of it. I, I think you're going to have to take it down. Um, the filler neck's going to come in from the side, I'm pretty sure, on your Merc. No, it comes in, yeah, the side. It's in the back of the car, and it comes in. Okay. I guess that would still be the side of the tank. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, we're going to have a, a lid that goes into the top, and it's going to have a cork gasket on the top. So you drop the tank down, and that's where the sending unit and the fuel yeah. gets sent forward. Okay. Uh, is it possible that that's what's leaking? It is. It's very possible. I thought that might be a possibility that that you know could have, you know, gotten fatigued yeah. over time or crusty. I don't think this is a broken tank thing. I think you need to drop the two straps, disconnect the uh, the filler neck on it, drop okay. it down. I think you're going to find that. I think if you get on the internet, you should be able to find the cork or the rubber gasket for that. Okay. If right. not, uh, take a thin piece of pl- uh, rubber and uh, and, make uh, and make one. So okay. buy some buy some cork and yeah. So all righty. Okay. Is All right, that hey, it? thanks a lot. All right, yeah, you that's bet. It. fuel leak. Don, how can I help you? I'd like to know if I can do a PSA. No. No? No, I'm sorry, you can't. Darn. They have to be approved by Salem Communications. It's a company I own, and I, it goes uh, to a board of directors and stuff like that. It does. Oh, yeah. Okay. You well, can, but you got about five well, seconds, so. Well, the boys in the white coats are outside the front door. I know that. <laughs> yeah, we're going out the back. <laughs> yeah, we're going out the back. So we're running as soon as we get out of here because our wives are out there, too. You sure and tell Tom who I work for because I pulled in there a few times and I told him who my neighbor was and he went, oh, my gosh. Well, you know who Don is. He, he drives. Is it, is it, what what's the brand of towing company? What's the name of the towing company? Valley Towing. Valley Towing. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's Come on. Don. Yeah. Next time, next time he comes in and he gets a tow, just write him a check and then stop payment on it. it uh, he loves that. That's right. He, he loves that. Yeah, Excitement up, is what I want. For, for Mr. Dyer. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we got it. Hey, thank you very much, Don. Thank you very much. See you, okay, Don. We got we to gotta clean up the mess I make. I got to talk about Thompson's Auto Repair in Mesa because and I, and he's I got a good a guy. I got okay. one story quick. All right. Thompson's Auto Repair has been around since 1970. <clears throat> Brian and his wife, Thelma, have two names that have been in Mesa since the late 60s, Vivian and Thompson. They've been around. These young people have been around. So if you're looking for an auto repair shop in Mesa, the only one... I can recommend is Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. They're on Main Street, just east of Stapley, on the south side of the road. Once you meet Brian or Thelma, you'll understand why I have so much faith in them. Tom, go. We are a motorhome story. We're in a campground, a KOA in Pomona, California, for the Roadster Show, and we and I I ran the hose. And if all you motorhomers know this, you run the hose out to the to the dump. Uh, dump. And then you put an elbow on it. Mm-hmm. Some of them just sit in there, and some of them actually screw on so that nothing's going to come apart. So it's late at night. I come in. I put the elbow out there. I forgot to take and screw it on. Yeah. Get back in. I'm tired. You know, yada, yada, yada. And you go to bed. So I get up the next morning, realize that the black water's full. So I go out. Now, it, we've slept in just like you should be doing. I pulled the, the, lever. the, the lever out the to empty valve. the tank. Yeah. Now, I'm watching... The, the level yeah. to see that it goes down and to make sure there's nothing leaking, you know, in, in that in your compartment. And the guy taps me on the shoulder in the space next to me. Yeah. And he says, can you turn around for a minute? I turn around. Their crib for, the, for, the, for their playpen for their child, they're on vacation in the Cruise America motorhome. Yeah. And all of the hazardous waste is going right over into their little camp area. And flooding it out. Now, 
I, I want to know, <laughs> what did you do? I want to know exactly what you said. Jeez, I'm really, I'm really sorry this happened. See, that's not what you do. You don't understand. All right, so you're standing out there, and he taps you on the shoulder. You turn around, and you've got a couple of yards worth of poop on the ground. Okay? No, in there. I understand. In their side Blanket. of the coat. Yeah. So I turn around and say, damn it, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. Well, I said, you know, I looked at it. No, honestly, I looked at him and says, you know, your kid came over and did this. But it, he, I, I'm trying to figure out how to make his six-month-old yeah. be able to walk over, over and pull that hose out. Alan has a story like that. Now, let me set it up. There are a bunch of hairy-chested guys driving these big Jeeps, and they're going up to Utah, and they're going to go on this 400-mile ride. And Alan's going because he built all the Jeeps, and he's their personal mechanic. So they pull into an RV park. This thing doesn't hold 40 gallons of black water. This thing holds 200 gallons of black water. So take it from there. No, I'm not telling that story. <laughs> so, I'm, not, I'm so, still disturbed by that story. So they didn't get the this hose last in. Summer, by is, this the something, is this something, Alan, that, would, that, that people would have this vision imprinted on the inside of their eyelids? And oh, they would... uh, there's no question. So anyway, yeah, is, I still it, have it. They lose control of a three-inch hose. <laughs> it's oh, got, no. Yeah. Well, you, when you have... If you do it by yourself, yeah. you know, if you do it or Tom, you do it or I do it, we check everything. But when there's two guys doing it, you know, you hand, he hands me the hose and I do this and then he does this and, the, and you know, there's six steps and he does two and I do three and, you know, there's one <laughs> vital, so so one vital this, step that gets this, skipped. This hose is going... <laughs> In the it's swinging like a garden hose that's got a bunch of pressure. He takes off. No, no, I did not take off from the but other Ray gentleman. Did. No names. Ray did. I didn't say his last name. Um, yeah, he took off running. I went, oh, I, I, guess, I guess I'll get it taken care of. He's got a squeegee out there, and he's got a puddle keep in that's mind, 30 this foot. Is in the middle. this is in the middle of the kitchen, like right in front of the office and the picnic tables and the pool. And I'm talking like right in the middle. And there is and there is wet wipes flying around like confetti. Oh my gosh, man! Oh. We left the motor on there and went straight to the shower. I didn't even pass go. Threw my clothes right in the garbage can. All of us has had that happen. I, I want to tell you You'd something. You have to do this if you. Those who have motorhomes that this hasn't happened to, just they, try it out once. It's, it's, story. it's a matter of time. <laughs> I I saw a guy one time. It was in Oklahoma, and I'm driving along, and there's this motorhome in the right lane. Got the flashers on. There's a guy hanging off the ladder in the back. Wow. And I'm going, driving down the road. Yeah, yeah, he's hanging off the ladder. And then I, as I get closer, I realize that he's hanging yeah. off the ladder because he's opened the valve in the Blackwater tank. And he's dumping it as his buddy's driving down the road. Oh, my gosh. And, and so, so I stay out of the right lane, and I pass him. And, yeah, that's what they're doing. One guy's hanging off the ladder in the back, and he's pulled Blackwater valve, and they're just they're just cleaning the roadway. So those are things, folks, that don't think that every motorhome people have that. Um, we got... The ones I, that are fun do. I got yeah. 400,000 miles or, or about in a seat of a motorhome, and those kinds of um, things have happened to all of us. But don't let that stop you from getting a motorhome. <laughs> it's just, I can tell you what this, the, the, the key to this is. Teach your wife how to dump the tanks. <laughs> or hire someone to do it. <laughs> now, here's the key, too. When you have a black water tank, you always flush that first. So the gray water tank, which is uh -huh. the sink water and the kitchen water and, the, and the shower water, it will clean the hose out on the way out. 
So you always dump your black first because it's really a son of a gun if you, you dump it. Oh, oh, okay, since we're talking about motorhomes. We're talking about a, poop. Go I ahead. I know, but we're going to erase that, so okay. to speak. Wipe that off of the table. That's what Alan was doing. I know, I know. <laughs> Let's, let's give a good motorhome tip. Okay. One tip. All right. I will. So you're pulling in your space with your with your motorhome that has a slide out. Okay. Okay. You know how long the slide is, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So if the slide's in, let's say the slide comes out at two feet, okay. 24 inches. Okay. So you're going to want to make sure that when you pull your motorhome in, if you get a 24-foot, 24-inch, 25, 26-inch piece of PVC, and you pull your motorhome in, you've got a tree branch there, mm-hmm. and you just want to check it so that your slide doesn't come out right. and hit the tree branch, right? Just something right. simple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair Maybe enough. somebody knows it. Maybe they don't. Just something simple. Let's describe this. Where are you when this happens? I'm up at Munns Park. No, no. Where are you in the motorhome? You're behind the steering wheel. Right. You so have your to get wife's, out. your wife's out there with this stupid exactly. piece of PVC exactly. holding it up in the air trying to measure it. Now, wh- no matter whether she's right or wrong, you're going to blame her. There's a lot of wives that are siding with me on this. Put the wife behind the wheel, and you get your butt outside with the little piece of 24-inch PVC and tell her, Pull forward, honey. Pull backwards. Well, she's going to look right at you and go, you know this is 24 <laughs> inches, so you know you have enough room. Yeah, yeah. but if it's if if, if you hit the tree, it's, I'm not going there. And if you hit the tree, it's going to be her fault, and it can't be. See, you haven't had the seat in the motorhome that I have. I'm just telling you, you have to accept full responsibility no matter what. Have you ever seen somebody leave their spot with the electrical connection still on? I have not seen that one yet. Oh, my goodness. That. The sparks are unbelievable when you yank that 230 plug off the wall. Holy mackerel. Anyway, uh, we've been motorhomes since 1979. Yeah, a long time. Uh, and, and we still have a motorhome. Those are some of the best times we've they ever are. had. They are. Without a, without a doubt, with the kids uh-huh. and going, going places and sleeping in church parking lots or truck stops or McDonald's or whatever. Just that kind of stuff was just really special. And uh, my kids have been to 49 states. They've been to every east and west road, 10, 20, 30, 50, 40, 70, and 80 from coast to coast. And they've been north and south from 1 to 95. So this is a period over a period of about 15 years. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the kids have been around a lot. So, But that's the best part is take your kids and, and have fun. But if you're retired, all you have to do in motorhome is you both have to have assigned <laughs> jobs. And the guy should handle the gray water and the black water, the connection of the cable TV, the electrical connection, uh, uh, electric, cable, sewer, water. cable, and water. There you go. Thank All you. Right. So, anyway, if you... And patience. Patience. Lots of patience. Yeah. Okay. So, if That's you have one any thing questions... That you may have lacked. Yeah. If you, time or two. Um, what's, what's the phone number of your shop? 602-992-5478. Okay. 602. All right. If you have any problems or questions about the show, 602 992 5478. Just give him a cell phone. No, 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 no. no, I got his cell phone right now. (laughs) Anyway. Mark Salem, Tom Blackwell, Alan showed up late. Um, Mark at MarkSalem.com. If we offended you, I'm sorry, but. uh, And we haven't been drinking. We, this is not something that's not know. since two o'clock when the bars closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mark at MarkSalem dot com. Hope you had fun because we sure did. I'll see you next Saturday here, ten o'clock till noon. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.